0: Welcome back, it's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. May, December is a film available on Netflix. It stars Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Before I go any further, I do wanna flag a content warning on this film. It explores ideas of underage relationships and coercion, so it may be sensitive to some viewers. Michael McNeely has seen the film and has thoughts. Before I welcome him in, here's a clip from the trailer. Two women meet outside a house. It's such a pleasure to meet you. You are so sweet. We're so happy to have you.
1: Thank you for doing this. It's so generous.
0: Well, I want you to tell the story, right? Don't I? You're taller. You look taller on television, but we're basically the same size. basically the same. Feels like things just settled down and now y'all are making a movie. It's a very complex and human story. I think it's hard to trust that you're going to represent Gracie as she was. I'm going to try from Todd Haynes. Do you remember when you first met? You came to the pet store looking for a job. It was summer after sixth grade? Seven. seven. Mm-hmm. Director of Carol, Far From Heaven, Safe. Why do you want to play me? When they sent me the script, I thought, here is a woman with a lot more to her than I remember from the
1: tabloid. What would make a 36-year-old woman have an affair with a seventh grader? People, they like see me as a victim. I wanted it.
0: That is part of the trailer for May, December. Michael McNeely is an entertainment critic. He's in studio alongside his intervener, Jillian. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Michael, I'm good. I should clarify that the movie depicts the relationship of this couple as adults well into their marriage. The film makes reference to their past as an adult-child relationship. The movie is loosely inspired by the story of Mary Kay Letourneau. How did the filmmakers expand on the
1: complexity of her story? let it's good, because we we'll probably need a, a book about the size of a Bible to get through this. But Mary Kay, the two as you know, was... Um, jailed for having underage relations and perhaps rape of her grade 1 and grade 6 student. Um, she carried the baby to term and uh, was their first child. She defied a no-contact order to pursue having a family, and they did have a family. And this film—you um, can think of Julianne Moore as Mary Cade, but her name is Gracie. And you can think of Quiz Merton as Philly, but his name is Joe. So essentially, that's the main difference. And the other main difference is something that I've been thinking about, is that Mary came as a teacher and so had that power over her student. But here, Gracie is—was an employee—she was an employee at the pet store, where Joe worked. So, that's a little bit less power, but still some power, because you're an older person supervising a younger person who's trying to work for the first time. But it's interesting to think about those differences and why those differences would be here in the first person. The filmmakers chose an interesting
0: approach in the way they told this story, through the lens of an actor wanting to portray someone and learning about someone. What did you think about them using that
1: approach to tell the story? But there's an interesting approach. I don't know if it's something that I would have picked first to tell this story, but it also leads itself into another story. So Natalie Portman is the actor that is trying to play Gracie slash Mary Kay in a movie, which I'm sure probably will happen to the real Mary Kay at some point. Um, it's interesting, because Natalie Portman is playing a sort of predatory character herself because she's preying on the family's, um, I guess, family's sensitive information, just so that she can play Gracie in the movie. She's snooping around, she's going around the neighborhood, she's knocking on doors, she's asking people. She goes to the pet store, does something very rude at the pet store, which I won't spoil, Um, but she's ultimately just trying to get into the head of Gracie. into into the head of Quasi's is her own warped view of things, which may not be anything of what Quasi wanted to do in the first place. What did you think the
0: movie was trying to say about the lengths an actor will go to prepare for
1: a role? Well, just think about all oh, the method actors we know, from what? Jared Leto to Joaquin Phoenix to— um, Daniel even, da- Daniel Day-Lewis? Yes, but when, and Mir- even Marilyn Monroe— um I think ultimately that's just one act and nothing. I think it's for my controversial take, I don't think it's always necessary. I think it's perfectly fine to push acting as a nine to five job, turn it off afterwards and just be normal with quotation marks. Um I think sometimes people can get so far into it, I know that Jarrett Leto sent poop to his castmates. Um, just to just to be the joker. I don't really get that. Um, I think, you know, there's, a, there's there's something called real acting, and, and there's the lesser acting, I don't think that's appropriate to really classify acting styles in that regard, because I don't think there's one acting style that's truly the best. I think everyone has different methods for preparing for war. Obviously, this film
0: was touching on themes of power dynamics, coercion, rape culture.
1: What stood out to you in the way the film approached those themes? Well, I think we need to go ahead and give Riverdale's Chris Martin his first Oscar, because I think he deserves it for playing Joe. Um, in the first hour, he's as emotionless as a vacuum cleaner, but he opens up after after a while. And it's devastating, because when he opens up, he's immediately shut down. So I think that this film showcases that men can be victims of rape, they can be victims of sexual assault, they can be victims of gaslighting. And it's time that we started recognizing that, because this is a story that we don't often tell. And um, so, how I would summarize this movie to other people, I would say there's three main characters. There's two victims and two perpetrators. So it's also interesting too because you can be both a victim and a perpetrator. So I think I think this film even though it may seem trashy and and like an 80s melodrama, I think it does have some important things to say.
0: You mentioned that you were really impressed with the performance of Charles Melton, the actor. Certainly, he's in there with some heavyweights as well: Julianne Moore, Oscar winner, Natalie Portman. I don't know if Natalie's won an Oscar, but she's darn been in contention and a lot
1: of great movies. How are the performances in this film? I think everyone has drawn performances, but of course, we would expect nothing less from Julianne Moore oh, and yeah. Natalie Portman. Oh man! So. And there's even rumors that Natalie Portman may come back to Star Wars. Um, and it's also funny because Natalie Portman's playing an actor. She is also an actor, so it's always interesting to watch actors play actors. Because um, she even makes a joke that she's not going to get paid because it's an indie film. Um, so I think, I think, uh, Chose, I think you said his name is Chose. I thought his name was Chris. Oh, yeah. Um But, either Mr. Merton, I think he stands stands up to these two power titans, and he just is able to convey the emotions that are required. Um, I think the children also do a good job, and I would like to see the children of the family have more of a showcase, but I know that the story is not really about them, but I would also be curious about how this kind of family would have worked.
0: Michael, I'm going to ask you uh, almost an unfair question, but I want to talk about Julianne Moore a little bit more because because I'm such a fan. The, this question obviously it it, it, leans, it leans into some bias. Is she maybe the most underrated actor of the last 25 years? But like like we're talking about Oscar, someone who's won Oscars, who's had uh, like 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 box office success. But I don't think people talk about her in the way they talk about, say, like, a Margot Robbie, for example, in the last decade, or, you know, more broadly, over 50 years, someone like Meryl
1: Streep. You know, I still remember watching Jolene Moore be blown up in the the greenhouse, in that uh, the cradle will walk you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I remember watching her in Children of Men, where she only lasted for two minutes. But— well an amazing two minutes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I saw her in Kiwi. And uh, I know we can't replace, rest in peace, Piper Louie, we can't replace her, but she tried. She tried her best. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've grown up with Julian Moore. She's, in, she's 63 years old now. And I hope that she can continue challenging herself with more and more rules, because, you know when she's brave. But she wouldn't want you to call her that, because that's just acting, that's her understanding of yeah. acting. She says that if a rule is too easy, then it's not worth it, and I have to do the ones that are challenging, because this is my job and this is this is my art. And so she played this person, Mary Kay, who—well, not Mary Kay, I can't say Mary Kay. She played Gracie. Um, and Gracie is this, this conflicted bag of emotions. Um, she doesn't think that she did anything wrong, but I think, subconsciously, she does know that she did something wrong, but mm. she can't admit it, mm. and she's struggling with depression and anxiety. And you know, you've, obviously, you've made your bed as a, as a predator of children, but here you are, you're still alive, and you still have. People magazine and Vanity Fair are trying to do performances on you and take photographs of you and talk about your house. So it's all this complicated yeah, stuff. And yeah. she nails it.
0: Yeah, I'm just blown away. Every every time I catch a Julianne Moore movie, I'm like, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> you're, you're the best. Uh, Michael, your final thoughts on May-December. What do you think?
1: I hope that May-December will open up a conversation, but I also realize that it's not a movie for everyone. Mm. I think it's perfectly fine to skip it if you're not feeling it. Um, there are many other Chilean movies. You can watch Riverdale from Mr. Merton, and he will probably do something very soon, I hope. And Natalie Portman, she's also great. So you can find all these performers and other things. But if you're ready to do the work, if you're ready to think about this, May, December, you can think about it from January to December. Okay, all right. Uh, Michael,
0: let's uh, finish on one last thought here. This is from the entertainment industry more broadly in the movie theatre-going experience. There have been a couple incidents that have taken place at local theatres in the greater Toronto area. Theatergoers goers were sprayed with an unknown substance and had to evacuate. Similar incidents with pepper spray uh, took place at a theatre earlier this year at Surrey,
1: B.C. How are you feeling right now about safety at movie theatres? I am devastated and appalled by the lack of humanity shown, by people who are just trying to appreciate a good movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for all of our viewers and people with disabilities to know that they should, do, they should go and talk to an uh, employee of the movie theater if they feel concerned, ask them about the emergency evacuation procedures before yeah. shows, and then ensure that those procedures are followed, if necessary. Michael, um,
0: thank you for this. Have a great day. Thank you for this review. Have a good day. That's Michael McNeely. He reviewed May, December. The film is rated R, and you can stream it on Netflix. Coming up after the break, a whole bunch of words have been mispronounced in 2023. Alex Smythe has uh, a bit of a, I guess it's a news story that rounds up a few of them. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV.